everyone. My name is Ryan Stacey and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm drawn by Justin Shemi, head scout with Concordia University men's hockey team. A young hockey mind, Justin got involved in the game at the very young age of 16 and hasn't looked back, finding himself in both the QMJHL and NHL level to date. With drive and awareness of the evolution of the game, he has experience in multiple capacities and is looking to take even bigger strides moving forward. With that, here is Justin Shemi, head scout with Concordia University men's hockey team. As the hockey season moves along, so does the basketball season, and fans know that it won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before, as every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. And baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Justin Shemi, head scout with Concordia University Men's Hockey. Justin, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to get you on and talk about some of the things that you've been able to do here in, in a young career. Um, you definitely have some ties to some of our former guests as well, which is always interesting um, in addition to your own career path. So let's dive right into it here uh, and learn about you first and foremost. So tell people about your upbringing playing sports in your early years, and just some background information on yourself. Um, yeah, born and raised in Montreal, where I, where I currently live. Um, did not come from a hockey family whatsoever. Um, uh, I'm a, uh, uh, my dad is an immigrant, and my mom was a first-generation Canadian, uh, so really no hockey. My, uh, dad, my, dad, my parents were incredibly supportive of all, of all my endeavors, but they don't know anything about hockey, which is... <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I came in and didn't, uh, but I, I, I remember when I was eight years old, I, uh, went up to my mom. I said, uh, I want to play hockey. And my sister, sister said, yeah, me too. And then I remember we went to, uh, went to our local store, played again uh, in Montreal and my mom had her checklist and we went and got every gear that we, everything that we needed and going around the store with the guy and, uh, checking everything off. Um, and that's how it all started. Um, and from there, that was when the obsession and the passion began. Um, I was always a very, very sporty kid. Uh, 
still am a very active person. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear when people, um, you know, get into the game for different reasons. A lot of times we hear about the family background, but sometimes it, it isn't the, the case. You know, you just have that passion and, and, and you want to try a new sport and you kind of get hooked to like the rest of us in hockey operations. And, you know, you would continue to to use that passion to, you know, continue in the game, learn more about it and eventually get into, uh, you know, the hockey operations side, some coaching, scouting, different things like that. First one I want to talk about is your time with Power Scout Hockey as a scout and also dealing with analytics. Just talk about that role and, and kind of what you learned uh, during your tenure with them. Yeah, uh, well, Power Scout was really, really my first, my start in hockey. Um, when I was uh, in grade nine around, I think I guess I was 15 or 14, I really started to dive into scouting and hockey operations and really became an obsession and something I became extremely passionate about. Um, and that year I went to, to the NHL draft in 2012 in Pittsburgh. Uh, I went to that, to the, uh, sports management worldwide, uh, conference. And I, I really came prepared with a lot of questions, uh, for the speakers and, uh, I would go up to the mic after every speaker and ask questions. And, uh, I caught the eye of some people, including, uh, Mark Appleby, who at the time was running power scout hockey. And from there, uh, we started working together. I started working for him. Uh, doing scouting for the draft, uh, doing uh, data entry, doing uh, doing an analysis on on junior hockey teams who who were clients of his, and uh, it was a really great opportunity to just kind of to just kind of uh, get my feet into hockey and and scout and ask questions and and learn. And uh, it wasn't as much analytics as as the name might sound. It was more uh, video tracking or player tracking. Um, and yeah, and, and it was more, that was, that was more the product. Uh, but there was more to it that I was like, I was kind of bringing in. Uh, and, and another really great thing about that job was it, it kind of gave me a title, uh, and it gave me an ability to network within the, within the industry. So I would, I would call, I used to call GMs across the CHL. And uh, it was kind of a way to get through the receptionist. So it was like, you know, I'm calling from Power Scout Hockey. And I remember, and, and I would speak to people and they'd, they'd, give me, they'd give me their time. And it was, it was awesome. And I had so many questions. And I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Alan Miller and Moose Jaw. Um, I remember I called him and it was like 25 minutes, 30 minutes in. And he goes, uh, you know, like, what, what are all these questions for? Like, what are, you, what are you doing? Are you like, are you writing a story or something? I was like, no, I'm just, just trying to learn and just... Uh, just trying to learn and, and, uh, you know, uh, pay my way in, in the hockey industry. And he was like, Oh, well, it's great. And it was just, it was unreal. Like how many people were willing to give me their time, um, for not really any benefit, uh, to themselves. Um, so yeah, I did, did a lot of CHL scouting, uh, did a lot of prep for the NHL drafts, uh, for, for Mark. Um, and that was a really great start. Yeah, definitely a, a great experience. It sounds like very early on. And um, I think a lot of people maybe don't realize how powerful it is, like you said, to have a title, something to be associated with, because it, you know, it, it acts as some way to get through that first line of, of communication. And then you can talk to these people. I know, you know, I've been fortunate to talk to a lot of people uh, through my Sarnia role, but just having the podcast, even people are more willing to, uh, you know, to talk to you for a few minutes or or at least, um, you know, take time to to listen to an inquiry. So 
that's uh you know just sounds like an overall great experience for you and able to learn a lot of different things and and kind of get your feet wet in a sense another opportunity there is coaching and and you also were able to work as an assistant coach with Royal West Academy just talk about that experience uh, while brief and you know what it was like working a little bit behind the bench and, and learning that side of things yeah that was uh that was uh, in my last year in high school uh we had a really great uh, gym teacher slash athletic director uh kind of he kind of wore a lot of hats at school but he was uh, he was a really good coach and um he kind of took me under his wing that year it was a really good experience i'd never coached before to be honest with you, i haven't really coached much since um but it was a really really good experience uh I was, it was just good to, uh, to see the way he handled the bench, the way we managed, uh, special teams, uh, dealing with the different kinds of kids we had, like, you know, we had kids who, it was a school team. So, you know, kids had, had their other teams where they played high level or some of them did, and they kind of came in with a bit of a superstar personality. And, uh, it was, it was hard to, it was, it was an experience dealing with those different kinds of personalities and, and, seeing these kids who, who, and learning to manage it and seeing the way our, our coach managed it. So it was, uh, that was a very good experience. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just even having that experience of coaching early on or, or going outside your comfort zone. I know a lot of people have said the same thing that if they're into, uh, you know, scouting or management, they still try to get maybe coaching and other things like, um, advising or agency. Like there's all these different outlets that you can just get your feet wet and, and see if it's for you. And, even if it's not, you still learn something and, you know, dealing with the, in, in a high school setting, like you said, kids that maybe come in with uh, a little bit of swagger, maybe playing at the AAA level or, or having these other experiences as opposed to some of the other kids on the team, it just gives you a different perspective and maybe something that you can even use in scouting moving forward. A hundred percent. It was, uh, it was very eye opening and it was, uh, it was a really good experience to be dealing directly with the kids and, and to be running the bench and everything. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. And then using that, you're able to take another step and the next role we'll move into here is your time with the Moncton Wildcats as a scout kind of walk us through the process of joining that team. And then just, you know, what you learned, uh, in your tenure with the Wildcats and, and dealing with the QMJHL draft. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good story. Uh, I was, I had already, I had already been doing a little scouting with Concordia uh, with our old with uh, our old coach Kevin Figsby. Uh, he was he was a really good mentor for me, and uh, I did a little scouting with him. Um, and I was in grade eleven at the time, and I remember uh, I remember one of the kids in one of my like one of my peers in one of my classes was a midget double B goalie, and he knew I was into scouting, and he kind of he kind of thought I was nuts. He didn't think anything would really come of it. Um, but he did mention one day that, that the Wildcats were scouting a player on his team on a midget double B team. So obviously this is kind of a kid that was under the radar. And, uh, I remember I went to the world under 17 that year. That was the McDavid year actually in Drummondville. And, uh, I came across and I, when I, when I would go to the rink at that time, at that point, uh, I would go up to scouts a lot and ask them questions and bother them and uh talk to them and, and network and and just try to learn a lot and i came across head scout for moncton who was very clearly like a really reserved guy um but i you know didn't really <laughs> if you ask people who know me you know they, they say it doesn't really bother me too much if someone's not super interested in talking to me uh and i 
And I remember we were kind of talking and he didn't seem overly interested in the conversation. And then I mentioned, I go, I heard you guys are interested in this, this, this midget double V kid. And his, his like eyes like perked up. He was like, how did you know that? Like, who told you that? Cause like he kind of, I think he kind of freaked out. He was like, you know, this is like confidential information. I don't want other teams knowing about this. Um, you know, I don't like, why is this getting out? And uh, from there, from there we kept chatting he was pretty shocked that i was a 16 year old kid scouting and we, we were talking for a couple hours after that and for the for the rest of that year i would i would start going to major triple a games and sending him game reports which he'd, he'd give me a lot of good feedback on and kind of helped me fine-tune my reports and by the end of that year he'd offer me a spot on the scouting staff and that's how it started and uh that head scout is, is uh gilles tosse he's uh it was a huge huge mentor for me over my time in uh <clears throat> in Moncton and, and from there it was it was great with Moncton uh like he took me under his wing and I I got more and more responsibility every year uh I didn't have my driver's license yet so I was I was taking the bus to games and everything and uh, I, I loved it um and uh but yeah every year I, I started to get more and more responsibility uh, I would start to do a lot of uh you know if you look through Moncton's roster you'll see that we had a lot of Americans, first of all, and we had a lot of out-of-province players, guys that maybe didn't make it in the OHL or, you know, guys from out of uh, from other states in the U.S. that weren't part of the Q territory. And, and in Moncton, we were really big on that because we, we, were, we were just looking, always looking for an edge to get, uh, to get good players. And uh, so I do a lot of research for identifying out-of-province players, uh, U.S. players, um, even imports. So that was a really, really good experience. I even got experience, um, even got experience helping our GM, you know, prepare for presentations to the owner about our long-term, the long-term outlook of the team, uh, you know, what's coming, what the next couple of years are going to look like, uh, you know, when, when we're going to be going for it. And that was really good. And eventually, you know, every year at the draft, they kind of moved a little closer to the head of the table and, until I was eventually sitting next to our head scout and uh, I'd start going to the Maritimes. Uh, you know, as you said, you know, at the ice jam, uh, I would go and scout the ice jam. I went to the bean town in Boston. So really, really great experiences to, uh, to, 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 uh, to learn and, and to take on more responsibility. And uh, I got the opportunity to deal with a lot of agents, which was also a really good, uh, really good experience. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was an obsession. It was it was an obsession. It was something I really loved, and I I learned a ton from. That goes well beyond hockey, you know, just in terms of dealing with people and dealing in business, dealing with agents and coaches and interviewing kids. Um, my I guess the claim to fame with interviews was that I I interviewed Devin Levy, uh, who's now uh, kind of a big deal, and. Uh, and yeah, it was. Uh, what else could I tell you about about Moncton? It was it was a really really great experience. Uh, gave me the opportunity to learn a ton, get involved in so many different aspects of the game, and meet so many so many great people from from so many different places. Uh, and I just learned a ton, learned learned a ton, and it was great. Yeah, it, it, again, it sounds like a great experience for you and. One that you were able to start fairly early, you know, not a lot of people get the opportunity to kind of jump into an organization uh, at that age, but uh, definitely because of, of your, you know, outgoingness and, and, and kind of getting out there and talking with people and then continually putting in the work and attending all these games and tournaments and 
and putting in the extra effort, uh, you know, a tenure like that with a team and just continual growth, it, it just kind of goes to show again uh, the work you're willing to put in. And it sounds like uh, it was very beneficial for your learning and a lot of positive feedback as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you have to be, you have to be, you have to uh, not be too self-aware and just kind of not be willing to, to be annoying and to bother people and ask people and people will, will be willing to give you the time if they see that you're really passionate and uh, that you have something to offer. Um, and that's what I did. And, uh, and people seemed to really appreciate it and, and it just led to more and more opportunities. Yeah. And we'll move into some of those other opportunities. And one of them is actually with a former guest of ours and Michael Lawrence discuss your role with pro goaltending and just the opportunity to be involved with that program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I met Mike about five years ago. He had reached, he reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure how he found me. I think, I think he told me it was, I think he told me it was through France, Jean, the, the goalie coach for, for Tampa, but I'd never spoken to France in my life. So I'm not, not really sure. Maybe because he's from Moncton, he, he knew who I was. I'm not, not, I have no idea, but uh, we met for coffee and Mike, uh, like, I mean, you, you, you spoke to Mike and maybe some people listening to this podcast, listen to, to Mike's pod. He's, he's a pretty driven guy. And I remember we met for coffee and it was, wasn't like he really offered me a job. He was kind of just telling me what the job entailed and I had no real, no real expectation of me saying no. It was just kind of like, there, it didn't seem like there was an opportunity to say no. It was just like, Oh, all right, well, I guess, I guess we better get to work. And so he, he offered me, uh, yeah, he offered me the opportunity to, to help grow pro goaltending in Quebec. Uh, when we met, we were already pretty close to the summer. So that first summer, it was really just about learning about pro goaltending and and understanding the business. And we brought a couple of goalies from Quebec to to his goalie camps in Oshawa. Uh, I guess I should give a little more background on pro goaltending. Pro goaltending is is a, a high end uh, goalie school run by Michael Lawrence, who's goalie coach for HD Lugano in in the in the NLA. He's worked with a couple of guys uh, that I'm sure some listeners would know, like uh, former World Junior goalie uh, Colton Point. Uh, Ken Appleby, who's in, who just signed with the Islanders, uh, Evan Cormier, who's with the New Jersey Devil system, and most notably uh, Elvis Merzlikens, who uh, Mike worked with every day in Lugano for two years, who's uh, who's debate, you know, arguably uh, the starting goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets, depending on the day, and uh, and yeah, so that's pro goaltending, and and Mike uh, with Mike, he gave me the opportunity to run camps in Montreal. Uh, up until then, he'd only been running camps in Oshawa and he wanted to uh to get into the into Quebec and that was a again a really really good opportunity for me uh basically my job was to run everything for Montreal so really learning on the job uh I did everything other than coaching so you know getting the arena deal uh for our ice time for the camp getting the university residents for our guys to stay in because we had a lot of kids from from out of town um, doing all the scouting and recruiting because the quality of the goaltenders that we brought in was really important to us. We wasn't really, uh, wasn't really like a sign up, uh, and come. It was, uh, every goalie that was there was invited. Um, and it was kids who I, I met with and met with their parents or talked to their coaches and, you know, made sure that we knew that we were dealing with really good kids. Um, and, and brought in off ice trainer. And so it was, it was a really good experience to, uh, run an operation. It's kind of like, you know, just 
running a business. And that was a really, really great experience. Um, Mike, uh, Mike handled everything on the ice and I handled everything else. Uh, and it was great. And it's, uh, it's been five years now that I'm, I'm really good buddies with Mike. We ran three years of camps in, in Montreal up until, uh, until COVID hit. And, uh, yeah, we've had, uh, we've had really great success. Um, it's, it, and it, it was really great. Um, really good relation, really good opportunity for me. Another, another awesome part of that job was, uh, I learned a lot about the player side of things because, um, really developed good relationships with a lot of these kids and their families because it was, uh, it was something where I kept in touch throughout the year and, uh, I would advise kids on, on, you know, how to, what, what their next step should be depending on what they wanted. You know, I, I helped, I helped like, one of our kids, he went to, uh, to prep school and I helped, uh, kind of helped take care of that. And, um, so it was a really good uh, experience dealing with parents and dealing with players directly. Um, and dealing with agents again. So uh, really good opportunity, learning how to build relationships, learning how to sell a program, learning how to build a program. Uh, so overall, again, unreal experience and it was, it was awesome. Yeah, again, uh, it just sounds like it was a, a another place to learn and build a relationship with someone like Mike and, and learn that player side, which you said is, it was very beneficial for you. And when you take all these different experiences, as I always say on the podcast and others have said as well, you always want to test yourself at that next level and, and, and see how far you can take things. And one of the things on your resume, which stands out, is uh, the opportunity to scout as a video scout with the Arizona Coyotes. Just talk about maybe how you kind of transitioned into that role. And uh, without going too deep, just talk about the position and, and what you learned during that time. Yeah, that was something that came up through... Um... Uh, you know, I, uh, like, I, I really worked, uh, with Jay Goldberg there and, uh, I got the opportunity, it was a really good opportunity just to, uh, kind of see how an NHL hockey ops team works and to be a part of it and to do some, some cool projects and, uh, to cut some video it was a really good experience and to, uh, to see how the scouting department is operated. So that, that was a great experience. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always fun to, to get into an NHL organization and, and and learn a lot through those opportunities and a lot of times it can come through a connection sometimes um you know it's just luck at the right place right time but um you know it was, it was just interesting to see that that was on your resume and that you can continue to learn in that capacity but now taking the uh, the video coaching or video scouting my apologies opportunity and, and building on that you're now working with concordia and i know you've been there for some time so just talk about how you initially joined that organization and then walk us through the progression of the role uh, over the past number of years. Yeah, well, when I was scouting with, with Moncton, our head scout in Moncton was also the head scout for his, his local junior A team. Uh, so I would help him run the draft with, with the St. Jerome Panthers uh, as well. And their incoming head coach was Marc-Andre Elema. Uh, so he was at the draft with us. And then... Uh, you know, the draft goes by and then like maybe I think two weeks later, he was announced as the new head coach at Concordia. So uh, I reached out and uh, we met that uh, we met that night and uh, the rest is history. Then the, the, the next that was like right before the season started. So uh, there wasn't too much recruiting to start for that that upcoming year. But during that year was a huge recruiting year. I think we brought in 13 new players uh, and really redid the roster. Um, and uh, that was a situation where you really want to t- 
turn over every stone and, you know, identifying players that we felt maybe other universities weren't looking, weren't looking at and guys who we thought would be a really good fit for us. And uh, that was, a, it's, it's been a really great experience working with Mark Andre. Uh, he is uh, a really, really good, uh, a really good role model. He's a relentless worker. Um, the feats he's been able to help that, that program accomplish, uh, you know, getting them, getting that team to nationals and, and keeping that team as a contender every season by, by recruiting really, really well and always uh, improving the program, whether it's improving the resources available to our guys or bringing in great coaches or, um, you know, bringing in, you know, reconnecting the alumni to our program has been amazing. And, um, you know, our guys, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a really good experience to kind of understand that, identify just like a good student athlete who we think has pro potential afterwards. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been a really, really good experience uh, dealing with Mark. He, he's, a, like I said, a relentless, relentless worker, um, always recruiting, always making that program better, whether it's through players or through improving the program for the players. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. I always, uh, I'm interested in hearing about university experiences because you get that pro feel with a kind of a, a different perspective, just because of the way that the, the university system works. But, um, you know, you've been there for some time and been able to scout for them. And then when you fuse that with your pro experience with the coyotes and scouting junior hockey with Moncton and all these different roles, uh, you know, you've you've been dealing with a lot of different um, scouting lists and, and kind of different pools of players for each level. So just kind of looking at that, what are some of the major differences in evaluating players for those levels? Obviously, with junior hockey, you're kind of dealing with a different demographic than, say, professional or even university. So just touch on that. Yeah, definitely a different demographic. Also in junior, obviously, there's a draft. So it's a very different process in ranking and identifying the players. Uh, it's a different process in, you know, seeing what the player's interests are. Does he want to come to major junior? Does he want to go to college? Where is he leaning towards? Um, there's a much, it's a much more formal process because of the draft. It creates a much more competitive environment around the teams. Uh, whereas in junior, whereas in university, all the power is in the player's hands. So it's really about selling your program um, as much as it, is, as it is about the player selling themselves. So uh, with Concordia, it's more about identifying uh, players who we think can play for us, uh, players who we think can be really good student athletes, but also have pro potential, um, and really about selling our program to guys who we think would be a good fit, whereas in junior, it's more about drafting a player who you think has potential and who you think wants to come play for you. Uh, and also figuring out what round you have to take them in and doing the interview process, doing a lot of due diligence from the player. Um, whereas in pro, I think it's more of a longer term upside outlook. Uh, I think it's less dependent on their situation because everyone, everyone wants to play in the NHL. Nobody, nobody's weighing between the Canadians or, you know, anywhere else. So, uh, but I, having said that, I think that even with pro, something that gets overlooked is the player's plan uh, for after after he's drafted is really important because, you know, for example, if you're drafting a player out of prep school and he's planning on going back to prep school the next year, that's not something that is going to 
benefit his development and is probably something that's going to weigh into the decision of whether to draft them. So I think uh, there's a lot of factors. I think that the scouting is similar. I just think that the process and the parameters are very different. Yeah, a great uh, a great answer to that question. And, uh, you know, there definitely is a lot of different things to deal with, as you said, even with professional players, while it's never a question of do you want to play in the NHL or not, because if, they're, if they've gotten to that, um, that level, they definitely do want to, um, you know, albeit a few different cases, but you got to deal with uh, kids that maybe don't want to go on the same path as the NHL team may like. So uh, another interesting perspective there. Another thing I want to ask you about is uh, live viewing versus video scouting. Everybody kind of talks about this topic and, and whether video scouting is valid or, um, you know, different things. And, and I'm definitely a promoter of both because I feel like both can be used. But maybe this year in a pandemic situation where video scouting is even more prominent, do you, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the debate versus both? And uh, do you see video scouting becoming more of a, a mainstay after this season? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do see video scouting growing. Um, I think that it's getting better really fast. I think that, uh, you know, obviously you know better than me, but Instat is, has really changed the game with video scouting. Um, I think that the fact that, a, that a, an NHL general manager can watch um, just a player, like just that one player he wants to see in 25 minutes from his desk is a really powerful, powerful tool. I don't think it replaces going to the rink, but I definitely think it's a really, really good support tool. And it's, uh, I think it's getting a lot better. I think, uh, I think those isolated videos where you only watch the, pl- the player, what one player shift can be a little dangerous because you have absolutely no context of what's happening in the game. So I think it could be a dangerous thing to, to weigh your, uh, or to, to lean on for, for making an opinion on a player. But I think it's a very good support tool for for breaking down a player's game. Um, I think it's, and I think the fact that you can now kind of customize the video and include clips and uh, take things out, I think is really great. And I think it's getting a lot better. So I absolutely think it's it is here to stay. I think it's getting more reliable, and it's uh, I think it's a huge tool for getting higher level management, more viewings on players. Yeah, definitely. I, I think any time that you can um, make scouting a faster process while while not rushing at the same time, it's beneficial. I know um, I I love video scouting. I love being able to go onto a platform like Instat and watch a kid's game in 20 minutes. But um, if you ask me if if I would just like to do video scouting for the rest of my life and, and get rid of the, the 10 hour tournaments that you, you kind of spend on a Saturday in Ontario, um, you know, definitely you don't want to replace that. There is uh, something to be said about live viewings and, and context outside the video. So a great talk about the blend and just kind of how both can be beneficial um, when used in unity. Another thing you talked about early on was your involvement in a program like sport management worldwide and getting to, uh, you know, attend conferences and things like that. How important do you feel that program was for you and maybe other things around that, like different conferences, attending live events, and uh, maybe just speak to um, using those in your own development and whether others should look to get involved as well? Yeah, um, I didn't actually enroll in the Sports Manager Worldwide programs, but I did, I did attend their conference a couple of times. Uh, and that was a really, really big 
uh, starting point for me in terms of meeting people and uh, learning and networking. So that was huge. Uh, I've gone to other conferences as well that were really beneficial to, to developing other relationships, like the uh, Primetime Sports Conference in Toronto, uh, the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Boston, um, the, uh, I'm trying to think of those other ones, the John Molson Sports Marketing Conference in Montreal at Concordia, the really great one. Um, and yeah, I think going to these events and networking and it's re- it was really, really important for me in developing relationships and meeting new people. Um, I think it's important to come to these events. I don't think people understand the importance of coming to these events prepared. I think people kind of just show up, but I, I think it's really important to uh, look ahead of and see who the speakers are and kind of prepare to and kind of educate yourself on, on what you're going to be on the person you're going to be hearing from and come prepared with questions and, and really add value to your experience. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think going to conferences and meeting like-minded people is, is a really, really big part of this. Yeah. Just unreal uh, networking opportunities and getting to connect with people who generally want to share their knowledge or, or other people who are attending, who are just looking to take it all in, you know, you meet so many different uh, hockey minds and, and whether it's a hockey specific conference or, um, you know, other sports or marketing, there's there's so many different um, opportunities to learn and and take things into your own um, your own ventures and, and what you want to learn. So, looking uh, maybe a little bit down the road, I ask this question every now and then on the podcast, and thought it'd be a good one to bring up for today's conversation. If you could look at yourself five, ten years down the road into the future, what are your goals in the game of hockey, and do you have any idea where you uh, where you might be at that time? Um, definitely have no idea where I'm going to be at that time, but, uh, I guess the answer to that question is, is it's definitely a tricky question, but I I would love to be working in hockey operations on a full-time basis at that point in time, whether that involves, um, scouting or or player management, um, you know, and even, you know, obviously I have an accounting background, so, you know, using that skill set in a hockey, in a hockey setting would be huge i think um i've also had an internship i've also worked on the well i had an internship with uh cortex management so that opened my eyes to the agency side of things as well uh so i would be open to that as well but in the next five ten years would definitely like to be working in hockey um and and leveraging the skills that i've, I've developed over uh, the last uh five ten years for the next five ten years yeah, I think that's uh, definitely the goal. Um, you know, people on this podcast, if if you're not at that um, level that you'd like to reach, just continually building your your skill set up until then. And, um, you know, we kind of look at the pandemic and, and you kind of think to yourself, OK, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, would would you see this coming? And, and there's no way to predict kind of the future. So I definitely yeah. put people on the spot with that question. But it's kind of interesting just seeing uh, what people expect and and maybe what some of the goals are moving forward. Yeah, I think if you ask Jeremy Colton when he was coaching in Sweden, if he thought he would be coaching the Blackhawks, I think like what is it two years later? I think yeah. I don't think he'd say so. But I, I definitely would like the opportunity in the next you know five ten years to to be running a team. Uh, I'm not sure what level or league that would be at, but I, I definitely would look forward to that opportunity to 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 be running the team and ma- managing the hockey ops department. Um, I think that's something I, I would I would excel at and something I, I'd really look forward to doing. 
Yeah, and and in that pursuit of that position, I'm sure you're going to continue to network and talk with different people. And the people at My Hockey Resource, they're on that same path, and, and they like to connect different people in the industry, whether they're in hockey operations or or just fans of the game. You know, there's so many people on there that like to um, share ideas and, and share different articles, all these different things. So for anybody looking to learn more, be sure to check out My Hockey Resource on Twitter and Instagram. Justin, one of the things they talk about on the platform is uh, specific resources that people use to uh, grow their knowledge in the game, books, articles, podcasts, um, you know, the list is very extensive. So from your perspective, what are some of your favorite resources that you'd like to share that you use for your own uh, benefit and learning new ideas? Um, yeah, I think uh, in terms of books, I think Range by David Epstein is a really great book. I'd encourage people to read it. It kind of just shows how, the importance of going and getting different experiences and, and dealing with different kinds of people uh, and how much that adds to your toolbox to when, and when you do decide to specialize in one thing, you're going to have this toolbox that's going to be very unique and, and different to other people in the industry. Um, and I think that's very much applicable to hockey players and, and to people in hockey. I think people over specialize sometimes and they miss out on a lot of learning opportunities. Um, so that's a great book. Um, I love the book, uh, behind the moves by Jason Ferris kind of going in the other direction. It's completely about hockey management. And, uh, I like to read, uh, there's a, there's a, I, I like to read the athletic. I like to read, uh, you know, Jack Hahn has a, a lot of great content, uh, that really opens my eyes to, to new things. I'm reading Daryl Belfry's book right now. And I also like to read books about business and, and other sports. Um, I'm, I'm really liking, enjoying learning, uh, right now I'm kind of learning a little bit about tennis, like the more technical side of it. And there's a lot of connections you can make to hockey. You'd be surprised if it's really interesting and it kind of takes my, uh, my mind outside the box and, and, uh, percolates new ideas. Um, so I think it's really good to bring an outside perspective. I know it's something that's said a lot, but I think, uh, that that having a toolbox that's different from everybody else is, is a really really good thing yeah for sure and uh you talk about those outside perspectives and, and learning something new a lot of times through your connections that's uh, exactly what you get and a lot of those connections will will eventually turn into mentors and, and kind of help you along your career path so as i ask everybody on the podcast maybe go through your career and talk about some of those key mentors who helped you uh, get to where you are today yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the mentors, like I've mentioned, were like, you know, Gilles Tosse was in Moncton and also Roger Shannon, our general manager at the time in Moncton was, was really, really great. Um, uh, Michael Lawrence at, at pro goaltending and Mark Andre Lima at Concordia. And Kevin Figsby, our former coach at, at Concordia as well. Um, and I'm definitely going to forget people here. I've had so many, uh, so many people kind of take me under their wing. Um, but, but yeah, uh, even beyond mentors, I would even say that, you know, when you reach out to people, like it's, it's incredible, the names that of, of people who have given me their time and looked at like my future opportunities with me, uh, people who are in the, the highest positions in, in the NHL, you know, uh, people like Trevor Timmons and, uh, Randy Sexton, who used to be uh, the assistant GM in Buffalo and in Pittsburgh, uh, Craig Button, um, Jake Goldberg, in, in our, uh, formerly in Arizona, Julian Brisebois, you know, Mike Oak in, in Peterborough, 
um, Mike Baslick, who I worked for at Cortex Management at the time. And, uh, you know, it's incredible the people who will give you time. Even uh, Ryan Martin, assistant GM in, in Detroit, um, the people that will give you time, it's amazing. And uh, so, like, I definitely encourage people to reach out and to try to start these conversations. Yeah, some outstanding people in the game of hockey. And uh, it seems like everybody's willing to share knowledge uh, to some degree if you're just willing to put yourself out there and, and kind of approach it in the right way. You know, I've, I've heard people kind of go in and the first question is, is who would you draft in this pick? And uh, maybe that's not the way to, to always approach somebody. No. But if you do it for the right reasons and, and kind of uh, approach it in a different perspective, you can be very successful and, and build some great relationships as a result. A hundred percent. It's it's funny. I remember when I was we were at the, I was at this conference in Montreal, uh, and Jeff Molson was speaking, and someone someone was silly enough to ask about Carey Price's injury at the time, and he was like, "That's not why we're here," and that was the end of that question. <laughs> that yeah. was so funny. That was really funny. I was like, I don't know, I don't know what he expected to get out of that, but I guess the moral of the story is really even just don't even like I don't I would say the people don't ask for a job i would just say ask about players ask about your game reports ask for advice um people giving your giving them people people giving you their time is such a valuable thing and there's so many high quality people in hockey that that will that will do that even though they're even though they don't have the time and they'll still do it and it's the best way to learn and build relationships and another thing i'd say is that i've built relationships over years and years where nothing really materializes for a long time but it's a lot easier to ask for an opportunity when you've known someone for a couple of years than when you've just met them. So even if, if you're not looking for a job right now, it's, it's super valuable to be building relationships all the time because then you already have that rapport once you, once you want to pursue an opportunity. So you already have that rapport and they already know you and there's, there's already that original initial level of comfort uh, and that kind of level of confidence that this is someone who's competent and is someone who's, an ambitious person is not the first time I'm hearing from them. So yeah. that's, I would definitely encourage people to be reaching out to people in the industry without asking for jobs and just bouncing ideas off of people. Um, talking in hypotheticals. Right now is a, a great time to be talking in hypotheticals and be brainstorming. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, that's what I'd say. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's a, a great piece of advice and, it actually answers the last question here about people looking to go into hockey operations. And um, I think you summed it up really perfectly there, just how, uh, you know, even, even if it isn't for the direct benefit of a job or, or an opportunity, you never know um, who they're talking to or who their connections are or, or what they can uh, teach you and, and even what you can teach them. You know, you, you help people out and uh, down the road, they try to return the favor uh, most times. So it's just uh again shows uh the connectivity of the industry and i think that's great advice justin and a great way to finish off the podcast so again i just want to thank you for joining me today and talking hockey and, and talking about your career this is the first time we've met as i let, usually tell people when it is that situation but i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i wish you all the best moving forward same to you thanks a lot for having me on ryan all right take care Support for the Hockey Minds podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, 
and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada, and for those listeners in Canada, and I know there's a lot of you, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Everybody has had that experience where the trimming has not gone right, and we want to change that. So get with Manscaped, who has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and when I tell you this is premium, this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Throw in one of the coolest features, which is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quad stroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB, and if you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HockeyMinds at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com using the code HockeyMinds. It's time to shave those balls, eh? I'd like to again thank Justin for joining me on the podcast and giving us the rundown of his career thus far. It's apparent that he is someone who is constantly looking to network and it has allowed him to grow his knowledge base at a rapid pace thus far in his career. If you would like to join that network, if you would like to join that network and get in touch with Justin to learn more about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly, or you can contact Hockey Minds Podcast at Outlook.com, and I can help make that connection for you. Our next guest will again be a surprise as we navigate through a number of interviews this week. We are lucky to have such a high amount of guests interested in joining us on the podcast, and we can assure you that our upcoming episodes will be well worth the wait. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the podcast and for following us on all of our platforms. We hope to continue to share the stories of those in the game and hope that you continue to move along this journey with us. As always, stay safe and all the best.